Hello and welcome to Look What You Made Me Read, the podcast all about books and making your best friend read the books that you want to read. With you as always is your host, me, Catherine. And Val. That was seamless. This is like my fourth take, guys. We're doing it. We're going to keep going. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've certainly done worse, not going to lie, but I was really, I had high hopes this week. Um, (laughs) anyway, we are now in August, which means Literary Fiction Month, um, and the first book we're reading is Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong, picked by yours truly. Uh, So we will be discussing that later on. Uh, Val. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing okay. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I, I feel a little flustered. Um, because I I did a perfect take earlier, and Val's thing wasn't recording, and now nothing's yep. going right for me. Yep. But it was story my of my life. Yeah, it was obviously my wow. fault. Wow, as wow, it wow, usually wow. is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so huge, huge news for me and Val. Uh, huge hearts, Heartstopper season two came out. Uh, yes. Uh, did you finish it? I haven't. I have two episodes left. They've just come back okay. from Patty. We won't talk much at. about it, but I want to say one thing, and it has like nothing to do with plot, so no worries about spoilers. Okay. But it's just that Tao looks so good this season. Oh my god! Like so he good. looks so fucking good. Like, um, I was kind of a a, a defender of his haircut when season one came, because everyone's hating it, I hard, and I was like, you know, it's silly looking, but Tao's silly, so it kind of works. I'm pretty sure there's a recorded podcast of you hating on that haircut. I just want to say that. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure I was a defender. I'm almost positive when we talked about it on the podcast, uh, I was like, it's not as bad as everyone's saying. Are you sure... I'm gonna no, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna believe sure, you. obviously, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Yeah, because I remember everyone hating him, me being like, "It's not that bad, guys." I kind of like, I kind of vibe with it. Yeah, fair. I'm not positive. I'm gonna have to find a check, like when Heartstopper came out and which and when we spoke about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, soonest and re-listen to it because now I'm now I'm dying to know because like, <laughs> I really thought this about myself and maybe maybe I'm wrong. But anyway. <laughs> He cuts his hair, but he, like, looks so good. It's crazy. He looks so good. And, like, the um the, the clothes they're putting him in. Yeah. He looks great. L- looks so great. Um, but anyway. Uh, but other than that, all I'll say is that I'm, I absolutely freaking love season two, you know? Ugh. I laughed. I cried. I giggled. I it's so cute and it's so, it's so wholesome. Like it is. It's just the best thing ever. And also Isaac, such a little cutie. I'm so glad he's uh, getting more uh, screen time yes, and more hundred percent more lines because he's so cute. And him like telling off Harry, ugh, so cute. And uh, when you finish, I have more to say about Isaac. Yes. <laughs> I think um, I already know what about, but I, yeah, yeah, I love it. But also, another thing I was trying to do as I was watching, but I would get distracted, is I was trying to pay attention to every book Isaac was reading during I know, yes. yes, yes, yes. And I want to be like, I'll read any of the books that, he, that I haven't yeah. read yet that he's reading. <laughs> Because a lot of them I had already read. And I was like, he has taste. He has he taste. He does. He does have taste. Great books. Uh, I love them. 
quite yeah. a few on my want to read my tbr yeah. as well it's great everyone should watch heartstopper it's so cute so sweet. oh my god if you haven't watched it what are you doing also read exactly. the comics the graphic novels as well yeah the graphic novels and also yeah, read everything by alice osman osman yes one of those two um <laughs> because all her books are fantastic yeah i actually uh so isaac is alid in the books like they kind of changed him a little bit but i have a feeling that the vibe of isaac is kind of supposed to be alid in the uh graphic novels slash books and his story in the her book radio silence is one of my absolute favorites like i love radio silence it's one of my favorite books of hers so good i have yet to read radio silence i need to read it yeah and I feel like Alice Osman is one of the few people who have written asexual representation really mm-hmm. well. Like, yeah. first of all, who's written asexual representation? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the ball. Hard first enough of all. to find. <laughs> but not only has she written it, but she's written it so well. And, like, like it makes you feel seen as, like, an asexual person reading yeah. the books. It's great. Yeah. Other than that... Val decided to give me some homework <laughs> for this podcast. I but did. She didn't. She didn't do the homework, but I did. <laughs> yes, I. I she, specifically just gave you the homework, so I didn't have yeah. to do any work, um, <laughs> which I did not realize that I was the only one doing the homework. <laughs> I mean, if you read the message again, you would have uh, picked it up. So I mean, um, I kind of had a feeling. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember like what it, I'm sure it was like a TikTok that like just made me think about it. I can't. It was probably like oh, a, an edit of like some cute like couple with Taylor Swift song in the background, and I was like, oh, I I want yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Cat does. Um, so basically, I wanted Cat to pick some cute book couples and attach because we are not only a book co- podcast we're obviously also a taylor swift podcast at this point yes um and to attach a cute taylor swift song to it based on the words because we used to do this a lot for like couples back in the day when we were so like, true oh my god we yeah used to, yeah. <laughs> we used we to love do, like, this whole playlist about couples yeah <laughs> yeah we would go ham on it um and um, your your playlists were always the best so that's also why i chose you for this time because uh like val has pointed out like this is the kind of stuff that i like to do and val's always yes. like uh, i'll just let cat do it and I'll yeah. the, the, the <laughs> i don't like to think too much so yeah uh which is fair i when it comes to only okay i'm a very obsessive person so yes when it comes to like book stuff book couples and taylor swift songs i love overthinking it so <laughs> i can't wait so when Val was like, oh, assign Taylor Swift songs to our favorite book couples, I'm like, uh, say less. <laughs> I knew you would um, love it. Yeah. So, all right, I'm just going to go straight into this. So I did quite a few couples. So strap in, guys. <laughs> um, so I'll start with a recent read of yours. I did Achilles and Patroclus. Oh, I um, love this. Okay. Yeah. So for them, their song is Invisible String because the whole concept of a gold thread tying them together is literally perfection. Wow. Love it. I know. Right? 
It's perfect. <laughs> Didn't I predict that this was going to be your, your conversation? <laughs> I was going to at least try and critique a bit, but when uh, you come at me with these like wise words, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I don't stand like, a chance. So. Obviously, the verses of the, that song is very you know personal to Taylor, which don't really apply to... But that's okay. Patroclus, yeah. but the the chorus 100% I feel like is so perfect for them. Love it. And just the symbolism in that song it is screams them. Um <laughs> next couple. Um so this is, you know, a little bit of a wild one to compare to Taylor Swift, but we're doing it and this is <laughs> Andrew and Neil. <laughs> okay, um, of course. Of course. Sorry, I for I forgot to mention obviously the Achilles and Patroclus is from the book The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Anyway, um, this one, Andrew Neal from the Foxhole Court books, or <laughs> All for the Game books, uh, by Nora Savick, I think is her yes, name. Yes, I think that's um, right. Okay, so for them, hear me out, Cowboy Like Me. Okay. It's kind of like, okay, I know it sounds crazy at first, no, but okay, it's kind of I'm like, it's kind of these like people that are like, out, I mean, sort of outside of the law, but kind of like these different people who are like, you're the same kind of messed up as me, you know, in a way. Yeah. And I feel like that really works for Neil and Andrew. And, you know, it talks about all these skeletons in my closet. That's very them, you know. <laughs> it, it's a, I love it. You know, it's it's such a like beautiful, mellow song that's not the vibe of the books, but I don't care. I feel like it's so Yeah, nice. and maybe they need a little bit of that, like. I think they need, they, I, I feel, feel like, like they deserve after, some mellow. Yeah, after the, the three books are over, I think they got a bit of mellow. Uh, the author said they got some cats yeah. together and they pulled oh. it out, so. <laughs> I love it. I was um, not expecting Andrew and Neil, so that makes sense. I know. <laughs> I, I put them, like, as my list of couples that I wanted to try to find a song, and uh. I was like, actually, I kind of like Cowboy <laughs> Like Me for them. Uh, <laughs> So, um, next I have, again, a recent one for you, uh, Damon and Laurent. Oh, I was actually Captain hoping Prince. this would come yeah. up. <laughs> um, which, to be honest, was a struggle to find. I can imagine. What song would work for them. Um, at first, like, I kind of jokingly put, I knew you were trouble. <laughs> just because I thought <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, and it really only works for that one line, but, um. Yeah. I think their song is The Great War. Oh, okay. And I think it works. It's yeah. a lot of, you know, I went for literal here. There's a war going <laughs> on that If you listen to the song literally instead of it being a metaphor, then it's literally uh-huh. for them. <laughs> they survived The Great War. They survived The Great War. Um, exactly. So... Uh, and you know it talks about betrayal in the bridge of that song it's it's like and there's like a seeming betrayal in the basically third act of the trilogy and it's great it works i love it perfect (laughs) it is um uh next i have nick and charlie from heartstopper babies and i just had to go I to be honest, there wasn't much thought behind this song. It was just like, what's like one of Taylor's cutest songs? Sparks fly, cute, and yes. it's so perfect. You know how the animation because of the sparks, the sh- exactly, yes, literally sparks. It's perfect. Um, next, 
Um, I did Jamie and Andrew from yes. uh, All That's all, all That's Left Behind. What's it called? Um, the All Yeah. All, all, all Wait, <laughs> I've now blanked. Uh, it's by Wait, what? Eric <laughs> J. Brown. Um Oh, that's left in the world. Oh, that's left in the world. Thank you. <laughs> I was I'm like, like I, I just completely right. brain farted. <laughs> yeah. Um, all that's left in the world, which was our favorite book of last year that we talked about on the podcast, and yeah. obviously we love also Jamie our babies, Andrew. total babies. Um, and I chose I know places for them, which I think is perfect. In a post-apocalyptic, yeah, they need they need to find some places they can hide, you know? <laughs> that one would make me cry, I think, if I saw some kind of, like, visual with that song. Oh, I think 100%. that would make me cry. Same. Next, I have Ravi and Poppy from A Girl Girl's Guide oh, to Murder. Oh, okay. Um, my first thought, which I just thought, again, was funny, would, was Nobody No Crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> which is fantastic especially if you keep <laughs> reading the trilogy um and, and honestly I, I struggled finding it but i ended up with fearless which is kind okay of like a cop-out because it's just a cute song for a cute couple again <laughs> it works though yeah next i have simon and baz from carry on series oh babies First, okay, I got two songs for them. Okay. Uh, the first one I picked was You Belong With Me, which is Baz being upset yeah. about Sam and, and yeah. Agatha being together. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and you know he totally would sing and be petty and sing a bad song. Oh, um, 100%. 100%. And um, the other one is more Simon's point of view. And I'm thinking this is more like after Carry On, like... Uh, after he's had his chosen one moment and it's afterglow where he's kind of like dealing with his mental health and not being like this perfect boyfriend but still they still end up in the afterglow you know so yeah interesting thank you next i have evelyn and cecilia from uh seven husbands of evelyn hugo (laughs) yes and okay and obviously i had to say the lucky one like that's so evelyn hugo coded like that's very cute yeah um but that's more about evelyn and not so much about evelyn and cecilia for their couple song i have untouchable which is uh, a super underrated Taylor song in my very rogue choice yeah i don't think many people think of that but it's like so it's like calm romantic with a little bit of kind of like a sort of undertone of sadness in it yeah which i think works for them next so i did tommy and gabe and also tommy and brad from lose you to find me which we recently did also by eric j brown um and that was fun uh i it's, so for Tommy and Gabe, the perfect one for Tommy and Gabe is Foolish One. If you listen to it, it is so perfect Tommy's perspective about how it was like kind of like hoping that Gabe would like stop dating what's his face and like yeah come to him. It's like stop stop uh checking your mailbox for confessions of love. Like hundred mm-hmm. percent is so Tommy uh with Gabe it's it, I, I was listening to the song actually today and like the more I listened there's like so many lines that I was like that's 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 them that's them Love that's it. perfect um 
I also kind of had Cruel Summer for them as well. Oh, okay. Uh, which I also think personal uh, fave works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Val would like to tell everyone that she was obsessed with it before. Yes. Can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> long, long, long time ago. And Alice will back me up because I used to tell her all the time, Cruel Summer's a fab song. And she was like, mm, I'm not so sure. And I used to really? tell everyone. Oh. And well, now an she's obsessed Alice. with it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I keep like, <laughs> I keep, keep um, her. throwing her under the bus on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it, it just backs my point that I was listening to it before it's cool and now everyone loves it. Just want to put that out there. Thank you, Kat, yeah. for giving me that platform. You're welcome. I, I knew you were dying to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Tommy and Brad, I have Electric Touch, which Ooh. I just think is cute for come yeah. like the start of them being an actual couple, but also Daylight. Um, okay, especially. Uh, especially like the line I used to think love was burning red but it's golden like daylight I think it's so so good for them like it's perfect also Um, speaking of electric touch you know how we have this conversation about how we think we're like amazing singers (laughs) or we like try to oh yes (laughs) we are meant to be singers we just haven't even discovered (laughs) do you ever feel like when you're singing that bit in electric touch where it goes like all the different notes you you know which bit i'm, about. I'm not gonna do it but you know <laughs> what like, you want to sound do? like i thought you were <laughs> i i just feel like i shouldn't just give it away for free you know it needs yeah to be. good point good point <laughs> yeah it's special um you're good you guys are gonna find it on itunes soon <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh coming <laughs> coming soon to itunes um do you not just think you sound like freaking great and then probably if you were to actually listen back to it <laughs> it might be a different story <laughs> um, I I don't think I have quite the courage to do all those notes yet yeah uh, okay but it's something I'll have to work up to uh-huh. um, it's like I have the talent I just need the confidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's what's holding you back that's what's holding me back. Uh, <laughs> uh, last, but certainly not least, we have Alex and Henry. We knew that was coming. Yeah, we knew. Of course. Um, and I saved that for last because I have so many songs. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I'm so ready. And I, I could have kept going. And there's songs that I gave to other couples that could have worked for them. Of and course. I was... I was and you know, I had to stop myself at one, two, three, four, five songs. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, actually, I'll stick to four songs. Come one song, I kind of added, but it's because Casey McQuiston literally has it in a playlist about Prince Henry, okay. so I feel like that's kind of uh, yeah. it's kind of boring. So I'm not gonna actually. So there's four songs. Okay. Um, first one and my like. For now, right now, it's like one of my favorites, and I'm obsessed with it, which I've talked about last podcast. And it's timeless, and they are 100 percent timeless. They are. Like, I had a feeling you were going to pick timeless. <laughs> you had to know. Um, yeah, like they're that couple that no matter what, and they, they talk about it like in their like the. Okay, sorry, I'm getting flustered. Um, <laughs> in the chorus of the song, they're like, "I would read your love letters every night." That is 
100 and they're like the type that would be reincarnated all and still be in love um it, that that's that that's their kind of romance if that's how yeah. epic it is you know yeah um i also have another fearless vault uh, no sorry speak now vault a <laughs> song for them i can see you also yes. sell them when they're like secret in love uh sneaking around i can see you 100 percent yeah um i also have the other side of the door which is Okay. Like, I just like it for that one scene where Alex goes to the, what is it, like Buckingham Palace? I don't know how <laughs> do it, but Somewhere he goes like there in the rain and he's like screaming at his Aww. window. Like that is so the other side of the uh, other side of the door. It's yep. great. Um, and then lastly, again, one of my personal favorites, and I feel like it's 100% them, is the lakes. Uh, oh which is so like them trying to get away from everything and it also especially gives um henry going to uh to the like uh lake house that alex has like that's 100 percent. yeah yeah um so that is if i didn't say alex and henry are from red white and royal blue but i don't know (laughs) you guys would know by now considering how much we've talked about them exactly Uh, (laughs) I feel like now I need a list of all of everything you just said, and then I'm just going to go and listen to it with okay, everything I'll make, in mind. I'll make a playlist of all those songs. Thank you. And I'm just going to yeah. picture the couple in my mind as I listen to it. All right, I'll 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 do that for you, no problem. Thank you. I also feel like you should be <laughs> a movie composer, but just for Girl, Taylor Swift songs. Like, only very niche agree. for Taylor Swift songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me any situation and I'll give you the Taylor Swift song for it. Exactly. If anyone needs a Taylor Swift song, you're their girl and you would charge loads. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so good at it. Exactly. Gotta charge what you're worth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, thank you for doing that. I enjoyed that very much. And I'm going to enjoy even more listening to it afterwards. Yes. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I had fun doing it. I. Good. Did think we were going to be able to compare the songs for each couple, but you know, this is fun too. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe next week I'll surprise you. Uh huh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take that part anyway. out of the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I had for pre book because I figured we'd be talking about that for yes. a while. Yeah. Um, Anything else we want to bring up before we start talking about Yellowface? No, not particularly. We can go All straight right. in. Let's do it. So we read Yellowface by R.F. Kwong, and um, I'm going to give you the rundown of what happened in the book. It's going to be spoiler, full of spoilers. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in the book, pause the podcast, go read the book, come back and listen to the discussion. Um, because you still have to listen to the podcast. You have no choice, but <laughs> I'll allow you guys to pause it. Um, okay, so Yellowface is about Juniper Hayward, who is a white author who has a best friend called uh, Athena Lou, 
who is a successful published writer. And right off the gate, June, she's jealous. She She's had one book published. It didn't really go anywhere. It didn't sell that much. Um, and she's feeling all types of way about it. And uh, so one night when she's celebrating with Athena, who had just gotten a Netflix deal, and she's <clears throat> June's not bitter at all. Um, they uh, they're celebrating, and Athena ends up choking on food and dying. <laughs> Very dramatic, right? Off Very that. dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, June is like. You know, she just showed me this very good manuscript that she's been. She told me that no one knows anything about, and that I'm the first one to read it. Wouldn't it be interesting if I just took it before the EMTs show up? Just a thought. Just wait just for funsies. Wait, she stole her story. Wait, have wait. we read something similar before? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I completely missed that part of the book. I did yeah. not realize she Oh, yeah, that's how she knew the whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> now it makes sense. For for you for the guy for the people at home who don't know podcast <laughs> lore, um, this is a reference to the book, the plot that we talked about a few years ago, where Val uh, missed the plot of the, the plot, plot of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. I will Good never times. have a moment that funny again. No, it was great. It was great to my own experience. I, I, I especially love that when we were talking and I was like, oh, well, we should mention that, you know, <laughs> he stole the whole book or whatever. And you were like, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, because like, I was you were describing, like, like, the plot of the book. And I- <laughs> first you were like yeah exactly wait what what do you mean you're like ready to like just follow along what i'm saying (laughs) so funny oh Um, god it's great um feel free to go back and re-listen to our discussion of it's a great episode it's a great episode um and so uh so june uh stole the manuscript and she Decides as a quote unquote writing exercise, she was gonna uh, complete this manuscript into an actual book. So she starts writing, she gets so inspired, she's loving it, she's feeling that love of writing again, and she writes an entire draft for this book. Who I should mention is about uh, Chinese soldiers in World War One. you know, so right up June's alley. Um, and, and so she ends up deciding to send that, a draft to her agent, be like, hey, I'm working on something new. <laughs> no biggie. Um, and lo and behold, agent loves it, sends it off. There's a whole publishing, uh, bidding war for who gets it. It becomes a bestseller. It sells. She's... So June's having uh, the time of her life um, being this successful author. She's like, I can, I finally feel how it feels like to be Athena. You know, I have all the success that she had and, you know, and really this is my book. If you're thinking about it, like I polished it. I, I made it what it was. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, and so that happens. There is some controversy, a lot of talk of like, 
is she the person to be writing this book about Chinese history? Um, and then a anonymous account on Twitter called Athena's Ghost starts accusing her of stealing the book. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> uh, she freaks out, of course, because she knows she stole the book. Uh, a lot happens. There's a lot of Twitter discourse. She she eventually finds out that it's actually Athena's ex who's been doing this, and he uh, he and Athena had actually discussed the manuscript before. So he he put two and two together and figured out that she probably had took something from Athena. Uh, but uh, June was like, uh, June was like, oh well, you have no proof. And on top of that, she recorded him blackmailing her trying to get money out of her for that and so she's like if you tell anyone this or you continue to accuse me even though i totally didn't steal it i know you say that but i totally didn't uh and if you accuse me i'm gonna send this this recording of you blackmailing so she's she's like she's in the clear she's good until she has to write another book she got nothing so she's like well i stole once what what's twice you know so she gets inspired by this like little paragraph that uh athena had written and uses it as the opening paragraph for her next book and most of the book is her own writing but she is inspired off this one paragraph that she does use in her book and once it gets published a famous a well-known reviewer who has been vocally critical of her points out that uh, actually, we uh, heard Athena or uh, write this at a writing workshop and have a bunch of people that have signed like affidavits saying that, yes, she did in fact steal this. And so now it's a bit more of a concrete proof that she did steal stuff, but she's like, she just, the publishers are like, okay, we'll just remove that one paragraph and you'll, you're still maintaining the rest is original work and no one has proof otherwise. And not to mention... Uh, Athena's mother, who is in charge of Athena's estate, I guess, um, is not suing or anything. So, sure, she's getting canceled on Twitter, but legally, she's in the clear. Until Athena's Instagram account becomes active again. And someone is posting pictures of Athena with, like, her... Uh, June's books taunting her being like I know you stole this blah 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 and it climaxed to a point where June is kind of like spiraling and going a little insane thinking maybe Athena's actually not dead maybe she she uh, faked the whole thing what's going on uh, which turns out it's actually just a disgruntled like assistant editor who June got fired uh, early on in the story who was just trying to prove that June was, in fact, a fraud. And she gets a recording because June kind of goes crazy thinking Athena's alive and basically begs for forgiveness of Athena's ghost. But it was actually Candace. And she gets a recording and uh, June's like, it's okay. I'll write. I'll, now I'll write a, a, a memoir slash fiction that people are going to go crazy for. And that's when the, movie, the book ends. <laughs> Uh, that's the gist of it. We'll go into detail, but now you guys have the bones of it. Um, before we go into details about parts of the book, about 
Yeah. What'd you think of the book? I did enjoy this book. This book is wild, first of all. Like, there yeah. was a lot of times where either my mouth, like, fell open or I, like, <laughs> cringed or I, like, gasped or shook my head. Like, it's very, like... I mean, that's the whole point of it. It's, like, satire. It's for shock value. But there is a lot of times where I was, like, physically, like, Ugh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, which I think is great. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, 100% and, agree. And also, like... <laughs> June is like the worst. The worst! Ever. <laughs> she is honestly awful. And also, I love that as well because it's very intentional. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. That She's very like these like microaggression. Like, she's just the thing she says, like, so ridiculous. She, yeah, she's it's, the queen of microaggressions. <laughs> she is the queen of microaggressions. She is insane as a character. Yes. And it's oh, actually so, like. So funny. Because it's so intentional, it's like quite fun to read as well. Because it's oh, yeah. that's where like a lot of the shock value comes. It's just like the shit that comes out of her mouth. Um, <laughs> so I did have a good time <laughs> reading this book. Yeah. I'd be interesting to know as well because a lot of the criticisms that I have seen about this book is like the author putting a lot of like her personal stuff into the book, and I've never yeah. actually read any of her other books. And I know you've read like, is it just Babel? Have you read any other ones? But you might have more of an idea of what she's um, like as an author, whereas this is my first book I've read of hers. Yeah, so I feel like um, I have read Babel, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, and yeah, and The Pop War <laughs> by R. Kong. Oh, okay. and, um, I enjoyed both, but uh, the uh, I think a lot of people probably read more in depth into them than I personally mm-hmm. did. I read them, enjoyed them, put them down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, and I d- have read a lot about how in this book, um, you could... So from what people are talking about is the Athena character is based off of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the book, well, Athena comes from a wealthy background, which Rebecca Kwan does as well. And uh, went to Ivy League school. And also, uh, you see in the book, at one point, Athena gets uh, canceled after her death. And one of the commentaries that they talk about is that is her poor portrayal of Taiwanese people, I believe, in her books. Which I've heard that R.F. Kuang has also gotten that criticism but okay. I'll be honest, and I think it's from the Poppy War, but I'm not positive, and I don't know if it's from the first book. There's three books in the series. I've only read the first one. Right. And I honestly don't even recall that, but I, you know, listened to the audiobook on two times speed, so who knows what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so I feel like I'm not the person to really talk. Like, all I, like... When I was reading Yellow Face, um, I have such a surface level understanding of R.F. Kong as a person. All I can yeah. say is that I, I really enjoyed the book, uh, Babel, but I'm, I'm also not the person who's best known on the, know about Asian politics or yeah. uh, climate or anything like that. So I feel like I didn't read that far into it to understand what in her writing could be potentially problematic. Yeah. Um, so reading this, I did not act. I did not pick up on the fact that Athena was meant to be, um, yeah, kind of like maybe like a, a satirical version of Rebecca Kwong. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, I, but I do think it's interesting, and I feel like maybe for people who are more in depth into the whole bookosphere than I am, uh, kind of adds another layer, but also potentially a bad layer. Like, because I know a lot of people have like criticize that for that where it seems like yeah she inserts herself and just kind of like jokes about the backlash that maybe she's gotten yeah while not addressing it I'm not sure um it's it's not something I'm well versed enough to really have an opinion on one way or another so it didn't affect my enjoyment of the book at all yeah, I honest, I had like no idea at all until I look because I usually like look at a few reviews after I've read the book, and it was all like yeah. this the same thing. Like everyone that gave it low rating was saying the same thing. So I exactly, that was quite interesting. Which I actually think is so funny because uh, it, it it mirrors this book exactly in such an interesting exactly. way. Because yeah. like there's a point where like when June is getting like canceled on Twitter and all this stuff, the publishers are like, yeah, but that's just Twitter. Like, yeah, uh, that's such a like niche group of actual people who read books. The larger picture of people who read books are not going to know what's going on in these like internet dramas. They're had, they have no idea you're being canceled for plagiarism. Like, so they're going to keep <laughs> buying your book because it's a bestseller, you know, they'll see yeah. it on a bestseller list or they'll see it front center at a Barnes and Nobles and still pick it up and I feel like that's so that's so interesting because same like I'll see Babel as like the fantasy pick of last year's Goodreads Awards I'm like well I gotta read it and you know I didn't look that much further into it um I mean yeah there's so many people who just will walk into a bookstore and like pick up what's on like the the main shelves in the middle and they don't like they don't they're not on Goodreads they don't look at book reviews they're not on Twitter and stuff they'll just pick up whatever and they don't really know anything else so it's and sometimes the also the drama can be so localized on the internet like I think about Colleen Hoover there I saw so much talk about well a the problematic stuff in her books but also all the drama going on about her son yeah uh, having an alleged sexual assault and her enabling him and and but she's still number one seller all the time you know all like the time. that's not gonna affect <laughs> yeah. her at yeah. all even if there's yeah. like a loud minority on tiktok you know yeah. like pro, pro, instagram it's not even gonna reach instagram you know no one on instagram yeah. is talking about it uh, yeah. i don't know about twitter because i haven't been on twitter since elon musk took over to be honest so, uh, <laughs> so i can't even say what's happening on twitter um <laughs> but yeah well it's called so it's x like, now that's the only thing <laughs> yeah sorry okay. it's not even twitter just, can i just say the stupidest move you could ever potentially oh, make God, don't you have that. the most recognizable name ever twitter yeah. everyone knows what it means everyone knows what it is and you're going to change it to the most generic shit ever <laughs> x so stupid like it is so dumb <sighs> i feel like elon and june would get along they're both oh, crazy people honestly but um, <laughs> um yeah um as far as my enjoyment of the book i'd say like you you know june is the worst but oh she God. is so fun to read like, like I've, I've said multiple times on this podcast i'm a hater 
And I yeah. loved hating her. It was so much yeah. fun hating her. Um, <laughs> I had a blast. Like, uh, honestly, um, it, it was just, like, such an entertaining book. And, yeah. you know, you hear literary fiction and you're like, it could potentially be a boring thing, you know? Um, but, like, that was such a blast uh, reading it. And I loved, I loved reading. This sounds like kind of, like, Maybe not for everyone, but I loved reading about internet discourse in this book. <laughs> yeah. As someone who, like, loves... <laughs> I, like, I love watching video essays or video commentary on YouTube about the whatever drama discourse is happening. Yeah. Like, I won't yeah. participate or see it, like, firsthand, but I love someone recounting the drama to me. Um, and I watched the, that shit religiously on YouTube. Like, I have so much yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of what this book was. Like, it was yeah. so much fun. Um, and to be honest, it's just, like, it was very entertaining to read June's complete lack of any self-awareness. Oh, my God. Some of the stuff she says <laughs> is insane. Yeah. Like, literally, when you realize, like, how wild it is like the stuff that she's saying it's just like okay this isn't this is just wild and it's gonna stay wild because some of the stuff she says is honestly so insane and then it becomes like really fun (laughs) exactly like okay so like for example like this is i think when i was like oh this is gonna be fun um it's like near the beginning so it's when she's just stolen like the manuscript and she starts writing the book based off athena's manuscript manuscript and she's like, I'm writing, I'm having a blast, it's going so well, I'm feeling better, faster, stronger. And she's like, oh, look at me, I'm now quoting Kanye. Hey, maybe I'm a person who listens to Kanye now. And I'm like, the beautiful irony of this person who, by the way, a few sentences ago is like, this isn't racially motivated, what I'm doing here, yeah. stealing this Asian woman's uh, <laughs> manuscript. And then to like two, <laughs> two lines later be quoting Kanye West. Oh is gold like it's so it's, funny yeah and not to mention that that line which is really even funnier on, a, on another level is that line is originally from a daft punk song that kanye takes and redoes oh. so it's like on top of that like you have another yes. problematic person i mean obviously it's not plagiarized he it's uh, a sample or interpolated or however that music stuff happens but it's just kind of a funny layer to it yeah uh, to the joke and also <laughs> it's so uh, speaking of june's lack of any kind of self-awareness um so she's reading the manuscript and i think i have the line here and she's like the writing is tight assured there are none of the juvenile slips up Slip-ups of her, talking about Athena, his debut work. Her voice has matured and sharpened every description, every turn of phrase. It all sinks. So that is June's uh, thoughts when she's first reading Athena's manuscript. She's, like, blown away by it. and But then as she's writing the book, she's, like, she starts talking about how Oh, it was compl- this manuscript was completely unreadable until I showed uh-huh. up, until uh-huh. I polished it, until I made it what it is. <laughs> now it's finally so it's like it's so funny. The second she kind of decides that she's gonna steal it for herself, yep. she's switching up her narrative. She's like, yep. mm, it's actually not that good, and yep. it would be terrible if it published as a man- manuscript. Like a 
Athena would hate that. It would be a, yep. it would tarnish her legacy. Uh, yeah, so like I'm doing her a favor. <laughs> she is so deluded. It's she beautiful. Is <laughs> she is insane. And even like yeah. she cuz she this is a person who cannot take any kind of criticism whatsoever. Oh, She's no. like the worst human ever. But when her editors are criticizing like Athena cuz it's not her work originally. It's like Athena's work. She's like, "Oh yeah, like she like is loving the fact that people are criticizing mm-hmm. Athena's work it makes her so happy Literally. she's what she's insane <laughs> she is insane we talk about uh, Daniela her editor who we learn is also kind of problematic um, yeah. and she's like she's like oh this entire scene like let's cut it it's kind of like uh seems like torture porn and it's it's literally the scene is based off a real life event that yes. Athena had written and yeah. and Juno's like yeah sure let's get rid of it like I don't care <laughs> Athena wrote that and, yeah. and Daniela's literally like wow you're so easy to work with yeah. people are usually so <laughs> defensive about cutting their work and she's like yeah I guess I'm great <laughs> like that shit <laughs> yeah. is great honestly like yeah. that, there was a bit that like made because I started like actually taking screenshots this time because there were some bits that wow. just like I like literally shook me where like <laughs> the the first thing that like properly got me where I was like I need to take a screenshot of this because this is like crazy and that like my mouth dropped was when she's talking about the Annie scene in the book which is like a <laughs> scene where it's like Christmas and this girl this like I can't really remember exactly like and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's something like there's this like white girl from like one side yeah. is like bringing the, 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 the Chinese laborers, like, what is it? These like cookies or something, something. For yeah, Christmas. something and like she's that. like so, biscuits or something. And she's like terrified of them in the original manuscript. Um, yeah. And she's like, sees them as like scary and like these like scary like men. And then she kind of like runs away or something. Um, yeah. But then <clears throat> in the, <clears throat> sorry, in the rewrite, um, Daniela and June decide to make it like um like a happy thing like oh and she like instead of running away she like kisses him on the cheek on something and like exactly. they change it to that and like her reasoning was j- honestly shook me to my core because she was like oh like it just kind of like they were just trying to point out the racism against the laborers like it was getting too much and she was like why not like include a scene that showed potential for like interracial love instead like isn't that so much better and i literally like my jaw dropped to the floor because it's just crazy yeah and it it, it wasn't even that scene was not even about international love like it was <laughs> about a, a bunch of chinese laborer like all fawning over this little white girl, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And, and the funniest part is uh, later on in the book, it's like that scene gets criticized to death, like on Twitter uh-huh. and YouTube and stuff. And it bec- even becomes like a whole meme. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and of course she, she just gets upset about it. There's no, there's no self-reflection whatsoever. Oh, uh, definitely not. To just her, it's just like, oh, unfair. it just proves that yeah. like, white women have it worse than everyone else yeah <laughs> is literally her thought process in her words yeah. the only acceptable person to scr- criticize anymore is the white woman like uh-huh. that's an actual line <laughs> in the book it's so funny oh my and, god and, 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 that- and it's so funny because you see that so much too yeah. uh, especially in the book community as there is a lot of white women uh-huh. on like book talk and sometimes you'll get these takes and it is wild uh, 
I can't. And like yeah. even her like changing her name to like Juniper Song just exactly. to like seem more like uh, ambiguous. Racially ambiguous. Just... Yes. And then she's like upset with everyone who thinks like she might be Chinese because of yeah. Her she's like, name. isn't it? Isn't it uh, on them for assuming uh-huh. that we're Chinese? <laughs> and uh, and she was like. But then bends over backwards being like, I never, like, yes, I changed my name, but I never said I was Chinese. Like, she's so defensive. She is so defensive. Like, you know why your name was changed. Like, (laughs) don't pretend like you don't. Oh my god. Uh, Also, I don't understand what her issues are with Chinese food. I fucking love Chinese food. I know. Well, it's just her feeling superior of course uh-huh well yeah. yeah yeah i know but literally i'm like girl shut the fuck up oh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. just so, <laughs> and it's really funny how like she becomes obsessed with like for her third book to write something else to do about with yeah. the chinese experience and she's yeah. just like well i've already done so much research on the chinese yeah. people it would suck to have to do more research I might as well just do another book about China like girl Uh, she has a like a crazy god complex like she honestly thinks she is god's gift to this planet oh and it's uh, speaking of like I know I mentioned Candace in my recap who at the end is the one to trick her into like admitting the truth part of the reason well first off Candace was the assistant editor at her publishing house and and she suggested to have a um someone who'll read the text, someone who's like Chinese who might be able to pick up on what are they called? I forgot the the name. Um oh um sensitive like a sensitivity Sen- something. What was it called? Reader? Uh there's something a name like that. and I I've completely yeah. I apologize. But, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, to, to, anyway, it's, uh, someone who's actually Chinese who might be able to read any uh, potential thing that's wrong with the text that could be uh, racist without her knowing because she's a white author. Uh, and and is June gets so defensive about it. She's like, no, I don't need that. Um, I did a <laughs> lot of research. I'm good. Um and when Candace like insists on it, she she's like, uh, agent, can you just like get her off my freaking back? She's the worst. Um, and and so it ends there. But then when her book comes out, uh, her first one star review on Goodreads shows up, and she realizes it's Candace, the assistant publisher, and she gets so upset. Like, I can't believe she would do this to an author on her like, oh like when her book is first coming out doesn't she know how like difficult this is as an author <laughs> like, it's like she, she's so melodramatic about one one star yeah. review but is like but it gets so annoyed at everyone on twitter being like so sensitive about any issue in her book like they're like wow yeah. why are they like so nitpicky blah 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 like girl <laughs> you had a, you got someone fired for a one star literally i will say there's one thing in the book that did make me chuckle quite a lot which was um there's a point where after all the criticism she takes up like a workshop where she helps like other like students aspiring writers like with their stories and stuff um and she finds out that they're all like well she walks in on the room and they're all like criticizing her about like 
the rumors and like laughing behind her back and whatever so she goes like ham on one of the students <laughs> yeah. um manuscripts or whatever it is like short story um and just criticize it so much but there was one criticism that i would i like love because i've definitely talked about it on this podcast before which is the line um like she let out a breath she didn't know she was holding um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was one where i was like yeah, okay you're right june to be fair that's a fucking annoying line <laughs> i just found it quite funny that is funny uh, and it was like that meme line that's like it shows up in so many texts and everyone's like, yeah enough with this one but yeah i hate that I- line personally don't i don't mind that line at all really I, no i, I t- hate it it's too no, much no i don't mind it at all i totally get the sentiment of that line and sometimes it, it, it that's the sentiment that's happening in the book i have no issue with it Fair. i'm I, I what can you. i say i'm contrarian <laughs> i also like to point out that june was correct this entire book <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> You sided with June the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> June is so misunderstood. <laughs> uh, um, oh, actually, another completely lack of self-awareness example that also made me laugh so hard was um, um, at one point, you just talking about how like unsupportive her family is. She's like... You know, uh, my dad was the only one who kind of got me or whatever, but he's dead. My mom never understood it. And, you know, my sister, um, my sister, when my debut came out, she's like, um, I just didn't really like it because the two sisters in your book were completely insufferable. And June is like, that's so weird that she would say that because they're based on us. And I'm like, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Connect yeah. the dots, June. <laughs> but she just like she just blames it on her sister not being able to like properly read Get a it. book, you know, yeah. understand a book. She just read it as these two characters being insufferable, uh, without thinking that maybe that means she's un- insufferable. <laughs> she's so delusional. It's so funny. It's really great. Um, <laughs> um, I would like. Uh, well, I I also like like obviously. <laughs> You know, it's a satire, and June is, like, so, like, it's so funny how, like, unaware and, like, racist she is with having no clue that she could potentially be racist. Like, multiple times yeah. she's like, I'm not racist, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but I do, I did find interesting that, like, there is a little bit of nuance to the book. Like, it's not completely black and white like you hear I, I mean obviously it's all through June's point of view so obviously unreliable narrator but it was interesting yeah. to hear about June and Athena's past because yeah. uh, she talks about how uh, part of this whole thing was almost a revenge or a way to get back at Athena because when they were in college June had this like blackout moment where she had sex with someone, but she was like, I was blacked out. Is it rape? Is it not rape? I don't, and she has like PTSD from it. And she tells Athena about it. And then later on, Athena ends up writing a short story about it and gets it published. Yeah. And it's like prestigious paper or magazine or something. And uh, Athena, uh, June reads it and she's like so upset. She's like, she like stole lines that I told her about this. You know, she, she wrote down all my feelings and made it into a short story. She still, she stole my story and June multiple times talks about 
uh, I think this process of writing about how she would take uh, people's experience, like she would go to like these war museums, talk about uh, vets that were there, ask them about their stories, and they would end up in her books and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, she's doing the same. She's stealing people's stories. And I was curious to uh, hear your take on that. And like, does any of it justify what June did? Um, yeah, it's a tough one because that is, I mean, I know June is like a very unreliable narrator, like you said, but that is like a big personal story to steal. It is like if she did actually do that, which I'm assuming like she did, it's hard to know yeah. with June and what she yeah. says. Um, but like that's a big. Th- I don't think it justifies her stealing her dead best friend's or frenemy's manuscript. Yeah, <laughs> but it, she's justified to be upset. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I also think it's really interesting on that point where you said that she like goes around and like writes people's stories and stuff. Um, because later in the book doesn't June say like oh she knew a poet once who used to like take a notebook and write down people's stories and observations and stuff and then she started doing the same after she goes to Chinatown I thought that was really interesting that she's like oh this poet used to do this and I thought it was really cool so I'm gonna do it now even though that's like exactly what Athena used to do but when Athena did it she was like oh this is like relentless she shouldn't be doing it exactly to the point where like when June goes to Chinatown she literally gets like this older waiter and she's like oh he must have stories let me ask him uh-huh. questions like she's yeah, doing yeah. exactly what athena does exactly without the same crediting thing. athena yeah. anyway no it's just a random poet you know it's like yeah. um yeah it's something interesting and i think like in terms of the short story that athena wrote about june's story um like it's horrible but yep. The way that June describes it afterwards, when she's like, oh, I read your short story. It was really good, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's just, like, waiting for Athena's reaction. She's like, thanks. And then June leaves it at that. I'm like, yeah, girl, if you have a problem, you have to voice it, you know? Yeah. You have to say something uh, and, and to just let it fester instead. And, and then to, like... Her to, yeah. That's the thing, and I feel like it's so interesting about their quote-unquote friendship, is, like, the way that June describes it, like, I know you yeah. get another perspective from Jeff, but as the way June described it, it's, like, it's not a real friendship, yeah. but even through her description, it seems like Athena might actually believe it's a real friendship, like, she might yeah. actually, because she seems to be the one who's putting all this effort into the friendship, she's the one calling her up for drinks, uh, regularly and she's the one who wants to hang out and june you know is like it's like oh she's only doing that because she she likes that i'm not a threat but like it seems like that sounds like it's just her own insecurity speaking like we don't know if that's actually how athena feels yeah um, obviously we get a bit of jeff who's athena's ex-boyfriend he tells june like oh she never cared about you she like barely didn't like knew you or something like that and recounts something that Athena said that wasn't like complimentary to June, but I don't exactly remember the exact wording, but that's a sentiment. And so you're like, oh, maybe they are frenemies. But again, I also think Jeff is an incredibly unreliable, unreliable person as well. Yeah, He's yeah. Also, the worst. So and also, when June starts to write like the story of this whole thing, she starts to be like, 
oh, like now that I'm like writing it all out and it's all coming out of me, like was my the way I viewed mine and Athena's friendship just like in my head kind of thing. Like she starts yeah. to think about like the nice moments that they had and was like, oh, mm-hmm. would I like blowing everything out of proportion kind of thing. So she she definitely realizes, I think, that there was probably more to their yeah. friendship than she thought. Yeah, like, she was obviously very jealous of Athena. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think especially like while... Uh, when she's decided to steal this manuscript, I also think she was like placing Athena into the villain category of her story. And she had to, to justify her, Oh yeah. Her actions. Right. So she's like, if I convince myself uh, that Athena was the villain, she stole people's stories. She stole my story. You know, this is what she deserves. And look, she's even canceled on Twitter. Uh, Ignore my cancellation, but look at her cancellation. Uh, you know, she, everyone agrees she she's not great. She's not an angel. You know, everyone yeah. saying that she's an angel, she's not. And it, it's it's all justifications for what she's doing. Yeah, a hundred percent makes her feel like the better person. Exactly, and super minor, but it's really funny that like a couple years after her book about the Chinese laborer comes out, uh, and she's trying to find another thing. Like we mentioned, she goes to a Chinese restaurant, but she has a line being like. I've never been to the DC Chinatown. I'm like, girl, really? <laughs> I was like, after all this, you you haven't even gone uh, to Chinatown? <laughs> a little. She's the worst. Oh, and also at the very end where she's talking, she's like, hey, actually, what's really funny too is that, um, I'll get back to my original point, but uh, is that even she like, she talks about like her world ending when like everything's coming out and she's like, I'm you know, I'm canceled, everyone hates me, everyone thinks I stole this, but her publishers are like, you know, you're still actually making quite a bit of money because yeah. like, people are buying, and so she's like, yeah, you're quote-unquote canceled on Twitter, but that has no real-life, like, consequences for, for yeah. her especially. Uh, she's still uh, white and super rich, like, she talked about yeah. making, like, live off the money she currently has for another like, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And so I'm like, girl, you're fine. She could have like left it alone and would have been yeah. fine, but she's so obsessed with the like fame aspect of it too. It's um, also um, funny her trying to justify because like when the controversy gets even more like crazy, um, her publisher or her agent or whatever he is, um, Brett was like, oh, well, you're actually making quite a lot of money right now because of, like, right-wing cons- right. like, yeah. conservatives are, like, buying <laughs> your book. You. And she's like, oh, well, you know, who am I to, like, deny them, like, deny people their book reading experience? And, like, at least yeah. I'm, like, taking money out of these right-wing people while I'm... It's like, girl, shut yeah. up. Like- <laughs> like, Isn't it good for them to have a... a to read a book about the ch- Chinese labor? Like, it'll help <laughs> the world view and everything like she is yeah she's justifying it all <laughs> uh, it yeah. was really funny she's like she's like oh the alt writer into me now uh, but you know uh, <laughs> at least I'm not like completely cancelled exactly <laughs> and, and she's like uh, talking about what what's happened to previous author who's been quote unquote truly cancelled and she's like for something serious like sexual assault yeah. or saying a racist slur, and I'm like, and she and she's implying that she's not part of those truly yeah. canceled authors. I'm like, yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. Delulu. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, so at the, the very, like, very end where she's talking about what will happen, she's like, I'll write this, I'll write this book, this, um, this, like, tell-all, but I'm gonna package it as fiction, and people will be like, oh, is it real, is it not real? And she's like, I'm gonna discredit Candace, people are gonna see her for, like, the stalker she is, and, and <laughs> how unhinged she was, and then, like, uh, you know, at first people are gonna hate it because it's me, and people just love to hate me, but then there'll be a detractor <laughs> who will say, actually, who will look further into the text and love it, and, and then suddenly everything will change, and blah, 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 uh, <laughs> Do you think um, there's any basis in reality in her uh, spiel at the end, or she's just gone full delusion? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she has yeah. probably. Like, <clears throat> I think it is interesting the whole thing about how, like, obviously Candace putting that video up um, puts her there where she yeah. fell down the stairs. I think that's fair enough. That's really interesting. I would, I would have loved to see where that went. Mm-hmm. But I think towards the end, like her just suddenly switching from like crisis to oh, I'm, like, complete clarity, like, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Like, I think she's, like, lost the plot. <laughs> I think she's definitely lost the plot, but I think there's also, like, um, she could definitely do some major, like, damage to Candace's reputation. Yeah. And, 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 and muddy the waters, like, that yeah. way. Because, because people online, like, hate a not perfect victim you know yeah and like i think about the whole like amber heard johnny depp situation and Mm -hmm. because amber heard was not a perfect victim but everyone turned against her like everyone yeah and and i could like just see a situation like that happening with jude who could turn candace into like the next amber heard or whatever and like twisted around i'm like you know the internet can be pretty fucking wild and like yeah and 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 considering like like Sorry, go. There's just like, like the, also they just like the right wing faction of the internet as becoming like louder and louder. It yeah, could get very. And honestly, she. I. I actually, I was thinking this. I was like, June could make a killing becoming a right wing grifter. Like she. Oh. She would. She would actually like be yeah. welcomed <laughs> in the into the right wing uh, internet space uh, immediately yeah. and she would make a killing doing that and to be fair like if she started to see how like popular and like put on a pedestal like i could oh, yeah. see her going in that direction as well <laughs> i think she would 100 percent. like she she's in this book she's just like she's so-called uh, liberal but i i could see yeah. her just for that attention for that fame she would she would totally switch sides just to yeah, just to get that attention. Yeah, and money. and I think just all the other stuff she managed to get like to c- get away with. Like yeah. I could definitely, like you said, see her at the end, like ruining Candace's new career, and then probably yeah. somehow making like a comeback as well. <laughs> exactly, totally. Yeah, being like, oh, this victim of cancel culture and blah uh-huh. blah blah. Yeah, it would not surprise me. <laughs> funny. Yeah. yeah, let's do the quiz next. So, um, uh, we, I discussed last week, I don't even remember the context of the discussion. Mm, no, I, I don't I just remember, remember that, oh, I think it's when we were talking about what literary fiction was, and we made a joke oh. that literary fiction was something you read in classrooms, and then I said I would make a quiz for you <laughs> for this book. Yes. And true to my word, I made a quiz. Um, I can't believe I remember so, this. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I only remembered because my mom um, 
made a comment on our Instagram about like I can't wait for the quiz part or something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, mom, for reminding me. Uh, <laughs> um, so there are some, so there are there so there are some very easy questions and then some harder ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of just mentioned the answer when we were talking about it, so I'll go with the first one. Uh, what are the two author names that the main character goes by? June Hayward and Juniper Song. Great. Two points for Val. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, to get one point for each answer correct. Um, second question. What did her editor, Daniela, do that was seen as controversial before she became June's editor? Oh. I purposefully the... didn't mention it when I talked about Daniela earlier. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> I feel like she did so many controversial things. Yeah, she there, she did like one a, as well after she yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Her they as well. talked about it after. She was like, oh, I'm going to try to talk to Danielle, but she's got her own <laughs> controversy yeah. happening. But this is the I one can't remember. before. She just. Does she say something like racist? Not exactly. She does later, mm. but this isn't the answer. Oh, no, I don't remember. Um, she called a fellow editor pathetic for saying sexism in publishing was still a problem. Oh, oh Daniela. Uh, next, and there's a bonus point at play here. <laughs> oh, no! Um, what was Athena eating when she choked to death? Oh, and the flavor of it. Yeah, the bonus point is the secret I got ingredient. This. I okay. got this. Pandan pancakes. Yes, so that's two yes, points. Yes, baby. All right, so we're at four points. So there's a potential of 13 points, not including the bonus points. So you got that, which was a bonus for you. Okay. Uh, next question has up to three points in play. Oh. Name the three books June published. Oh, fuck all. <laughs> oh, wait, including the last front. The last front. Yeah, so the last front, that's Mother- one point. M- Mother Witch, which terrible name, terrible um, name, but yes. Uh, and her first one. Yeah, well, was, that's the hard one. What was the first one? Oh, it's so like basic. It was like the something something. <laughs> Do I get a point for each, or just? Yeah, you get a point each. Sorry, oh. I used to have at least two points. I might just have to take my two. Oh, was it like? Was it the something? Not quite. Okay, I will take my two points then. Okay, it's over the sycamore. Right, never would have guessed that. <laughs> Alright, so you've got six points in total right now. How old was Athena when she died? 27? Yes, because I thought that yeah. was interesting, because she's part of the 27 club. Oh yeah. All well, those people died at 27. Um, yeah, so seven points. Um, who... Did the guys from the production company suggest to play Colonel Charles Robertson in the movie version of The Last Front? There was two, no? Yes. Or so you have two few. points. You have two points. Uh, there was only two mentioned for specifically for Colonel Charles Robertson. I'm pretty sure one of them was Benedict Cumberbatch. Correct. So okay. That's one point. So now you're I can't points. remember the other one. I remember they said Tom Holland, but not for that role. No, yeah. They, they were, were like, like, oh, he should be in it. They're talking about like, oh, it's going to be like Dunkirk, you know, com- people come yeah. for the Tom Hardy or the Harry Styles. Oh, we should have a Harry yeah. Styles. What about Tom Holland? <laughs> She's like, I don't even know what role they would play. <laughs> it's not 
like Andrew Garfield is. I think I'm just putting that no. out there, but it's not. Oh, I can't no. remember. I just remember Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. No. You give up? Who was it? Yeah. It was Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yes. I was trying to think of someone like similar in the same kind of vein as well, and I just yeah, didn't. But yeah, it that is. makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's the name of June's publisher that published the last front? Eden. Yeah, Eden's publisher. Yeah. That's it. You're good. I was just looking for Eden. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's nine points. Uh, who did June want to be cast as her and Athena in a movie about the theft of the book? Anna Kendrick and Constance Wu. Only one point for you. Why? Which one did I get uh, wrong? Anna Kendrick was a different... She was talking about a... This is a different point in the book, actually. No! Yeah, in this <laughs> one, she's talking about she'll be played by Florence Pugh. And... Oh, fuck! Yeah, and yeah. Anna Kendrick was when she was talking about, like, how Reese Witherspoon is gonna, like, uh, pay, do a publishing or whatever, gonna do a TV version of... Think Mother Witch, I think she was talking about, or something like yeah. that. So this, so this is specifically about the theft. But and she sake. and Anna Kendrick, she was only talking about herself, and Athena wasn't even part of the conversation. <sighs> yeah. So annoying. So so you ended up with uh ten out of thirteen, which isn't too bad. That's not bad. That's I feel not like bad that's at all. pretty good. I think you Thank did well. You. And I want to talk about this last question because I find it so funny when she's discussing this because she says when she's talking about, oh, because at this point she's like, oh, we're going to write a book about the theft and it's going to whatever. People are going to go crazy for this and, you know, and then they're going to make a movie and Florence Pugh is going to play me and the girl from Crazy Rich Asian. She doesn't even name Constance Wu. She literally just says the girl from that and... On top of that, the narcissism is showing because she, she, uh, she gets an actress who's or her age to play her, but an actress who's like forty yep. to play Athena. Yeah, which I think yep. is so funny and so yep. so on brand for June. One hundred percent to like, uh, which is just like obviously Constance was still gorgeous, but yep. it's just uh, good. And I also think it's it's her complete ignorance of. Asian actors in general as well. Yeah. Which... Uh, that I'll, girl uh, from Crazy Rich Asian. That girl from Crazy Rich Asian. <laughs> she was like, that's the only Asian actress I can think of. And She's it crazy. is also just funny because... Because when she's in that production meeting with the Hollywood guys, she's like, they're like, oh, who did you envision for for casting for this book? And she's like, oh, I never even thought of it. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, because you're not that attached to your own work. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, how about we do yes. our casting? <laughs> yes. Since we're here uh, talking about it. Um, obviously, there's June that we're going to cast and Athena. We're also going to do Jeff, who's Athena's ex-boyfriend, who blackmails June. And Candace, who also uh, who tries to get... June's confession of the theft uh, at the end. All right, so should we just start with Candace then? Sure. So who did you get for Candace? I went with... I was trying to find someone, like, fairly young. 
Um, yeah. I went with, I'm, so, I'm going to butcher these names. I feel so bad. Um, Ho Yeon Jung, who is, was in Squid Games. Oh, yeah. okay. Was she the yeah. main girl in Yes, she was gotcha. the main girl. Okay. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, for Candace, I have Stephanie Shu from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Which I think she has good vibes. For She's Candace. great. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Jeff, the ex-boyfriend, who's kind of a douche. Who did you cast? I went with a real life douche allegedly uh zachary <laughs> levi <laughs> oh i don't think it's a legend <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh yeah no that's really good um i went for someone a little younger but also i think i would enjoy watching him play a douche and this is harry styles oh okay yeah yep next let's do athena who'd you get could you cast um, for athena I when I had to go down a model route because it's very difficult to find um, Chinese American actresses who aren't like Lucy Liu. So Hollywood, get your shit together. Um, maybe it's my problem, but I just feel like I you don't see a lot of Chinese actresses in Hollywood. So I went with Ming Shi, who was she did come to mind. Uh, she's a Victoria's Secret model, seen her on a lot of runways, but she's oh, like. Yeah. She gives me very Athena vibes. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, multiple times Athena is like described as looking like a model. So exactly, totally exactly. Works. Um, I casted Jessica Henwick for Athena. Jessica Henwick. Who, um, I know her from the show Iron Fist, but apparently she was in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, and she was in Love and Monsters. Oh. She was the in- love interest in Love and Monsters with Bill O'Brien. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. Again, she's she's really pretty. So I was like, yeah, that works for me. She Athena. is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the character of June. Who'd you cast? Uh, I was just to say, you're probably going to disagree with mine because we've already talked. So I've cast her before and I cast her in another character that I Wait, don't like the- because... Okay. <laughs> Because oh, I, is it Dakota I, Johnson? For some reason, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, really don't like her. So I was like, she was perfect. <laughs> I mean, I disagree. And uh, my That's sister's fine. going to be upset about you about this because she she That's likes Dakota okay. Johnson, and she was upset last time. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Michelle. She is just kind of annoying. I'm sorry. I don't see it, but I also like doesn't give me June vibes, but I don't know. I, it's all, she she probably acted. I don't know. Um, what's really funny about my casting is, okay, so I'll just say it. I casted Anna Kendrick. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and what's funny is I didn't realize she had casted herself as Anna Kendrick in the book until I was going back through the book for questions. Yeah. And, and then I po- it popped up and I was like, oh my god, how did I just like... Or, or maybe I read it and it's just like got in my subconscious and not in my like conscious and so when I was thinking yeah. casting I was like actually oh, Anna Kendrick would be great for, for June <laughs> um, and not, not to be mean because <laughs> I feel like saying anyone is great to play June is kind of mean uh-huh. yeah. uh, but I feel like she can play that kind of like annoying vibe very well um, and I didn't want to 
Okay, this is also kind of me. <laughs> but I, I did want, like, someone who's, like, too, like, hot, you know, like, Hollywood hot. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to, to cast Florence Pugh? But I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, which is ironic because I did end up casting someone she already had cast herself. <laughs> but, uh, but I was like, nah, she's not good enough to <laughs> Florence Pugh. Uh, I guess this is all to say that I'm not the biggest Anna Kendrick fan. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I really, I guess it's the same thing, the yeah. opposite. I really like uh, Anna Kendrick because I don't think she would be, I can't see her being annoying in like a racist microaggression kind of way. <laughs> oh, interesting. Just in like an annoying <laughs> way. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, is there any, like, is there a specific reason you don't like Dakota Johnson? No, there isn't really. No. I don't think I've even really seen her in that much, to be fair. I've never watched, like, the Fifty Shades movies or anything. Yeah. It's just irrational, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I feel like I, I just, I, I like her for for her um, her uh, her uh, iconic conversation with Ellen. That always brings Oh, up I've not face. seen it, but did she, like, shut her down or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also, but... there's there's a great uh, I I enjoy the moment where she did like uh, architectural digest, you know those like house videos. Oh, the house ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does it. She's showing off her house, and in her kitchen, there's a giant bowl of limes, <laughs> and she's just like, "I love limes. I have a lime every day. Like they're my favorite fruit." And then later on, she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm actually allergic to limes. The set dresser had just put it there, and I just started." <laughs> saying that because I saw the limes and I thought I had to say something about that and I just thought that was funny yeah so based on those two videos she's good in my books anyway um lastly we gotta rate this book oh yes that's true I forgot about that yeah I was gonna do the rating before the casting but we were already talking about casting so I figured it'd be a good so Val what are you rating it go um, I really liked it. I'm gonna give it a five. You know what? I agree. I think yeah. like it's not my most five-ish of all fives. Exactly. But it's definitely exactly. a five, but it's still a five. It's like a round up to five. Yeah, it's like point. a four point yeah. five, even four point seven yeah, yeah, five. Yeah. But I have no yeah. qualms of rounding it up to five. You know, sometimes yeah, exactly. I have a qualm about rounding it up, but this one, no qualm. No qualms. No qualms whatsoever. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had, I had a blast. And can I just say, I have broken the curse. The curse is broken. Yeah. I have finally done a good book. Well done, boo. I'm You've so done happy. It. I'll have to read. She's done it. I'll have to read like the other options I had for literary fiction to see if they were going to be bad to see if I like, <laughs> just saved myself. Anyway, um, I think it's uh, now Val's turn to announce ah, the wait. next book. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't ready. It's like um, she didn't know that at the end of each podcast, <laughs> we have to name the next book or something. Um, this is my next one now. I have picked, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure this is my next one, Young Mungo yes. by Douglas Stewart. Yes, um, nailed it. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I yeah. don't mean to jinx it, but I've heard good things, so there you go. I, I've, I've had it on my TBR since it came out, so yes. um, I'm excited to read it. Yeah. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye! Bye!